0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is England is Burning. It is the 1st of December. In 2021, we are recording this on a Wednesday in the ATL in Atlanta, in Georgia, in the USA. Good morning, good afternoon again, everybody. We're going to, there's this week, there's only one show, and it is the show of the week. We're going to, this is the FA Cup final special show, uh, review show, preview show, whatever you want to call it. But this is it. This is the one show this week. We're going to talk about the FA Cup final coming up on Sunday between Arsenal and and Chelsea so we brought in the entire panel with us today so I'm going to start we're going to start with Mark who, who I don't know if he has anything in this fight I don't know if he even cares but Mark is <laughs> Mark with the Manchester United <laughs> official supporters club and uh, so when Mark is with us uh, his team has played uh, both these two squads Mark welcome you're gonna referee you. this thing or talk about yeah. the referees? What are you gonna do? <laughs> I'm
1: like I'm like the piggy in the middle here. Aren't I, really. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna be, <laughs> be fighting between them both.
0: Yeah, both exactly. All right, you got to keep the Josh and Rob apart. That's what your job is. All right. Next up, we got <laughs> Josh. He's in the Islington Gazette. He's he's uh, focuses on Arsenal women. Welcome back, Josh. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good. Thank you for having me back. No problem. No problem. I, I thought you'd be wearing an Arsenal kit, man. But you, no. you're, wearing, you're wearing Juventus. Yeah, you, 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 Juventus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so forth. And then uh, Rob Prattley from the CFCW Social, um, obviously representing Chelsea women here. Uh, welcome back, Rob. Nice to see you again. Yeah, thank you very much for having me back. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so this <sighs> – we are we are finally here. We expected Chelsea-Arsenal, didn't we? Didn't we expect Chelsea-Arsenal to make it all the way to final?
2: Just before we, we do start, I want to say it's really nice to see both these two here to congratulate us on winning Club of the Year. Um, you know, I, I know if Kate was here as well, she would have uh, she would have been giving us, a, you know, applause for the fact that, you know, across the men and women's side, display sporting excellence this year. So thank you very much. You know, I look forward to seeing the congratulations cards in the post. I think, you know, we did expect a a Chelsea Arsenal um, final, mainly due to the fact that, I mean, Manchester United were out of it before we even got to the revamp stage of it when it moved to this year. I think they went back out back in March last year. And Manchester City, well, I mean, knowing Gareth Taylor, he made it his single-hand quest this season to ruin Manchester City's lives. So, you know, they weren't going to be part of it. Tottenham, well, they're allergic to winning trophies. That wasn't going to happen. Everton, same sort of, you know, the Northern Tottenham, so they weren't going to win anything. But yeah, I think, you know, it's pretty much a situation where, and I, I worry we're going to see this a lot this season, where it's just going to be it's Chelsea or Arsenal, and the other one, you know, it, it's going to be one of those two. And I think that's going to be the case with WSL. I think it'll be the case with this. I think it will probably be the case in the Confucius Cup. I think it will probably be the case in the Women's, um, the women's FA Cup for this year. Won't be the case in the CWCL as we'll both be beaten by Barcelona again. So, you know, it, it, I pretty much think that's probably how you can map out the season. You can probably just end it now and, you know, we'll flip a coin maybe and decide who wins.
0: You really want to do that, Rob?
2: Oh, God, no. I'll flip <laughs> the on the UWCL final again, just to not
0: go through that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Josh, was this the final you expected?
3: Yeah, look, I think so. I think when you look at the semi-final draw, Arsenal, Brighton, and obviously Chelsea against uh, Manchester City side and, complete crisis so oh yeah look, we are the best two teams in the league I think the league table doesn't lie so it was always sort of it was always going to you know come to it Um, and yeah look Chelsea have sort of a a revenge mission uh, after the opening day of the season Arsenal win so uh, yeah we'll see what happens on Sunday
0: I, I, I want to go back to Rob. Rob, um, you know, I think you're giving Garrett Taylor too much credit for, you know, doing his best to ruin Manchester City. I I think he, even if he tried to ruin Manchester City, he would fail. So I, I just well, want to uh,
2: put that out there. I mean, That is fair enough. I, yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> I, think, I think we have to give him credit for trying. I mean, whether he succeeds in anything is another matter. But, you know, God likes to try.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he's I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but Mark, Mark, can, go I, ahead.
1: can I just come in on the? Uh, yeah, go, yeah. I actually yeah. think Gareth Taylor doing a tremendous job of ruining City. And I actually I want him to stay for quite a while.
2: <laughs> I, I thought the same about Oleg and Solskjaer, That sadly, you know, your, your board decided to act rashly, and I mean, that's why you won't be winning the Champions League at the end of the season. So,
0: you know. <laughs> so, how many years you want to give Gareth Taylor? Mark five, six. Yeah. Lifetime lifetime content. Okay. let's get through it all. All right. Mark, so so um your team has your team United has faced both Arsenal and Chelsea and and so forth. I don't know if you've followed the FA Cup competition after um United got knocked off in the spring, but um was this the final that you thought it would be going into it?
1: Uh, look, let's let's face facts. Chelsea are the second best team in Europe. Arsenal at the top of the WSL. If you were going to have a final, you would probably put your money on it being those two. Mm. Um, Chelsea this season have been... They started off badly. You know, they lost to Arsenal, first game in the WSL, but since then, they've been on a roll. they put six past United. and uh, Arsenal, only last a couple of weeks ago, tanked, you know, beat us 2-0. They're two very, very good sides. It's a showpiece final. It's a London derby, you know... It's got a lot riding on it. Um, so, yeah, it was a final. I was like, kind of, I was, you know, I think Chelsea, with all due respect to Arsenal and all that, a little bit above every other team. The squad they've got, the the manager, I think, he's in Emma Hayes, is, is brilliant. Uh, so, I expected Chelsea to get there. And then Arsenal, they had a good draw through, and you've got to beat what's in front of you, and that's what Arsenal have done. So, so yeah, for me, it's the right final for the for last season's FA cup in the new season
0: all right all right now um you you mentioned that you know they met um both Chelsea and Arsenal met in the first match of the season in the league which was a was an Arsenal win um at um The Emirates. The the Emirates. Sorry, my brain just clicked off for a moment there. Sorry, y'all. But um, kind of a somewhat controversial kind of match in a couple of ways. It was the first match of the season and so forth. So, does that match play any have any bearing on this one at all? No,
3: uh, absolutely not. You know, every every single game is a different game. Um, Look, Chelsea on that opening day of the season, yeah, look, I was obviously absolutely delighted that you know, Arsenal won, but, you know, Fran, Kirby and Kerr, they didn't start the game. They are only sort of getting back to, you know, that full fitness and same as Arsenal as well. I mean, we had players at the Olympics as well, but Mm. I think with Arsenal having those Champions League qualifiers, you know, going into that game, Arsenal already had matches, so they were more up to speed. So, no, look, Chelsea, unbelievable side, and like Mark said, the fact is, they are the second best team in Europe. Um, behind Barcelona, so yeah, look, this game, the first game of the season has absolutely no relevance to, to what Sunday has, Sunday's a brand new game, every game of football is different, so um yeah, look, I don't think that has anything to play, and people will say "Ah, oh, but Arsenal have, you know, the, the mental advantage, but Arsenal didn't beat Chelsea for many years before that opening day of the season, so I don't really think that counts either, so yeah, look, Sunday's a whole different ball game to what the first game of the season was.
0: Rob, what do you, what what are your thoughts?
2: I think it I think if anything, the fact that Chelsea lost the idea of the season gives Emma Hayes in a way the advantage because it writes her team talk for her because at that time Chelsea were I think it'd be fair to say coming into the game Arsenal were a bit of an unknown quantity under the new manager, um a lot of you know players coming in and out in the summer. and it was felt as a little bit of an unknown quantity. It was sort of you know, well, here's a really big test because they've struggled in big games. And obviously, you know, in the end, they did get the sort of, they did get the win. Um, obviously, again, the of covered my thoughts on, you know, significant events in that match anyway. But I think it now writes Emma Hayes' talk, uh, sort of team talk for her. And as I said, you know, uh, I think it was last week on uh, when we sort of spoke, I think it's a really big game for both sides because both of them are coming into a real crucial period now with Arsenal dropping points in WSL and Chelsea just continuing to pick up wins. Obviously, I don't think they've conceded throughout ever since the last um, international break before this one. Chelsea is suddenly starting to motor in and players are coming back to full fitness. You've got baron Mielder returning to injury. Uh, sort of Sam Kerr starting to look sharper and sharper. Paul Harder, I believe, is going to be back as well. And on Arsenal's side, you've got players starting to pick up knocks, obviously. I, w- I will say, because I've been accused of bias before um, on sort of, on here, there are a lot of Arsenal women I think are really, really good players. And I'll come into some of them a bit later because I get told I have all sorts of genders and, you know, you don't rate any Arsenal players. I don't like Arsenal players. I'm going to go out and be happy to say that in the same way I'm sure Mark doesn't like any Manchester City players. But there are players I think that are really good players and players that I'm scared of. And players that I think, you know, actually potentially they're players that we can cause issues to. So I do just want to say as a more general point of view, I've had some Arsenal fans in my sort of twisty ends this week. Sort of, you know, sending me personal abuse and stuff. It's fine disagreeing with my opinion. But please, if you're going to do it, just say it to my face. And, you know, do it. And don't just, you know, hide an AVI and just send me abuse because it's pointless. Going back to the point I was actually going to make, I think for Arsenal, the real big miss is Leah Williamson because I think Williamson organises the defence so well. And I've compared it to when Chelsea lose Magda Eriksson. Magda Eriksson is a brilliant, brilliant defender in her own right. But she also makes Millie Bright look so much better. And the same with uh, Lottie of Moy. I think Leah Williamson, alongside Wood Moy, makes Woodham Moy look a much better player. Um I don't know about Jen Beattie if, you know, I saw she took a knock in the Scotland game, struggling in the Scotland game, so I don't know if she's going to play. So potentially you've now sort of got that defensive issue sort of coming for Arsenal at the wrong time because what you really don't want to do, especially in the wider context of WSL, is having, you know, losing the FA Cup final and then likely, you know, being taught a lesson by Barcelona a couple of days later. On the flip side of it, you then win the FA Cup final, you then get a point at Barcelona. It puts you into a really good stead going into the next season. And from Chelsea's perspective, losing the FA Cup final, then rackets the pressure up on the home game against Juventus, because Chelsea are going into that game knowing winning, beating Juventus will guarantee finishing top of the group. Drawing means they qualify, but lose it. And then suddenly you've got to go to Wolfsburg in Germany and win, and win by two clear goals. And that is not an easy thing to do, despite the fact Wolfsburg has struggled this season.
0: So that, that uh, I was going to mention uh, a little bit later, sort of the the run of games that both Arsenal and Chelsea have right after this one, uh, you know, a midweek game in the Champions League, and uh, then going back into the weekend in the league. But I want to go to Mark again. Mark, you know, do you think that you know the result of the first game of the season between these two sides really makes any bit of difference in you know in this game?
1: Not so. Makes uh, uh, if uh, I think Rob said it. The best
0: mm-hmm.
1: it makes Emma's pre match talk a little bit easier, it, it really does. Um, the one thing about the game that the you know, they'll, they'll probably watch the video of it, they'll probably see where they went wrong, they'll work on those on certain things maybe to be better. But as, as an impact game, no, because I, 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 I don't think any league game you actually pay any attention to, you've probably paid three or four games, so the first few you just write off because you're still trying to get your fitness in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, for me, it makes no difference. I think what makes the FA Cup on Sunday, so it's going to make it special, is the players. You know, you've got quality yeah. players, not just on Chelsea, but on Arsenal side. Yeah. You know, Chelsea's front line is, is great. You know, you've got Frank Kirby, who I think is the best player probably in England, by, by, by a way. I mean, and then you've got Niedemar from Arsenal. I think the big loss for Arsenal is obviously Leah Williamson. Yeah. I just hope it's going to be a good final. And if any of the players go back to thinking about the first game, they're not doing their job properly. Concentrate Mm -hmm. on the game now. Don't think about what happened back in September.
0: Rob, you mentioned that, you know, and I'm coming back to you, you know, just as a... um... Not as a segue, but but you mentioned that that there are, um, there are Arsenal players that concern you that worry you, um, yeah. you know, on this side. So who would those players that you would be most concerned about?
2: So I'll start through the obvious names and then one of the lesser names I think is, for me, one of their players who's a real unsung hero. So the obvious names are Beth Mead and Vivian right? Now, I, I've got an awful lot of stick this week for my opinion on Vivian Mine saying she shouldn't have won the BBC's award and I do still stand up that. She's had a poor year by her own comparison um, despite breaking records because she finished third, didn't win any trophies and the Netherlands struggled in the end. However, she is an unbelievable player, the sort of player that, you know, there is no side worldwide, and I, you know, any side worldwide that looks at Vivian Miedemann and doesn't think, like, yeah, actually, you know, we could add her and she would be starting or will be, you know, competing for a starting spot quite easily. If you put her in a Barcelona side, you know, like this season, it would quite frankly be utterly terrifying because you're talking about a 60, 70 year goal striker easily because of the amount of chances that are created. What I think really impresses me most about Meadman, and I've said this to someone else, is. The ability she sets the tempo for everyone else is that even when Arsenal were, you know, winning two or three nil, I've seen me my miss chances. And the way she beats herself up, Christ almighty, you would have thought it was the 90th minute in a cup final. But she does it for a split second. And then after that, she's back and focused because she knows the next one she gets, she buries. And that is what I think is such a, a thing that, that separates world-class strikers from good strikers, is that good strikers, if they miss a chance, their confidence drops a little bit. They start looking for the easy passes, looking for the options out. With world-class strikers, they don't care because they know they're going to get another chance. And I think you're now starting to see that as well at Chelsea with Sam Kerr, in that Sam Kerr has missed an easy chance this season. But then a few minutes later, she'll you know, just curl one into the top corner or just slalom past two players or get onto a through ball and finish it into the far corner as if the keeper isn't even there. And that, I think, is the really interesting thing is there's two world-class strikers on either side, two very different players. Um, in playing style. I think Miedemeyer is probably a bit more of a complete forward in that she can hold the ball up well. I think Sam Kerr's link-up play is underrated, especially with Frank Kirby. But I think Miedemeyer's presence of leading the line really well is something that Sam Kerr doesn't have due to the physicality, Miedemeyer offers. Then the other player I'd sort of say from Arsenal is the obvious threat, Beth Mead. Um, Beth Mead just has a vendetta against Chelsea. You know, she nearly joined Chelsea a long, long time ago. And ironically, Beth England nearly went to Arsenal. It never happened. The two players have never liked the other side clubs ever since. England has a good habit of scoring against Arsenal and regularly pops up for goal. Mead does it every single time she plays Chelsea. I said to someone, well, I'm more scared of, of Beth Mead than of Mead and this weekend. Because Chelsea before has shown, they can keep a hold of Mead and and they can chuckle Mead and Mead. in that free roll, her ability and her pace to get in behind. And it's the fact at the moment is that anything she's touching is coming off. And it's a similar situation, I think, around Kirby and Chelsea, that anything Kirby is trying is coming off, Because they're just in such amazing form, such a rich vein of form for such a long time, it sort of, you know, means that they're willing to try the things that, you know, other players wouldn't do. And I do think, to a point, Chelsea defenders look at Beth Mead and think, oh, you know, we're in trouble here because the problem she's caused before in the past. Coming on to the player, I think, is the real unsung here at Arsenal. With the player, I, you know... Nick, you said to me a player who I would, if I could take out the Arsenal side to make you feel more confident, trust me, it'd be Leah Walty. Because Walty is so good at just sitting in front. She does that that Sophie Ingle role that is so criminally underrated, just sitting in front of the back four, mopping up in front of the back four and just, you know, being that annoying, destructive presence that if there's a counter-attack, there's a sly little tug or, you know, a little, a little sort of, you know, a, a cheap foul, not the sort of one that, you know, is going to be a yellow card or, a red card, but just enough to disrupt the play. And by that point, everyone else has got back, you've got back into position, you've sorted yourself out, and all the momentum is gone. And I think if Walty not in there, I don't think she played in the two games against Chelsea last season, and I certainly know she missed the four-one at um forward a few years ago. And you could see the gap because every time Chelsea they counter-attacked, there was just huge great open space to sway you through. And when Chelsea is so good with their counterattacking and so good at counterattacking as they are, I think, you know, if Walty isn't in there, that's the sort of issue that they're really going to face. So I think if Chelsea can get her on an early booking or, you know, even, you know, see her, I don't want to see a red card the pulling him, but if they can get her on an early booking and sort of force her not to be able to do that, it makes Chelsea's life a lot easier on the counterattack.
0: Yeah, um certainly I mean all those players are definitely key players and and um I think there's going to be this is one of those types of matches that I really love because this is where like an unsung player that you normally wouldn't necessarily think about being the absolute key difference maker ends up becoming the difference maker um uh, because everything ends up becoming a wash Josh on your side of the thing, I'm going to ask you the same question, you know, as Rob. but I'm going to say, which players on Chelsea's squad concern you the most, and concern Arsenal the most going into this? Well,
3: obviously, I think number one, Fran Kirby, um, Mark sort of hit the nail on the head. She probably is England's best player at the moment, just in terms of how you know she links play, she scores goals, she's she's got everything in her locker, cutting inside. You know, she can drag full backs out of position very very easily and obviously they have that great connection with Sam Kerr so yeah obviously look Frank Kirby has to be the number one concern really um also may, maybe a bit of a surprise but Anne Katrine Berger I mean fantastic goalkeeper and it's strange in the WSL because you will get chances in game with Berger I mean she'll, she'll just make save after shave after shave so Arsenal need to, you know, they were clinical in that opening day of the season against Chelsea, um, and the same again. Just low and hard across the corner uh, of the goal, and you know, showing get there. So she's a big concern, but yeah, number one's obviously Fran Kirby. But look, Chelsea have quality all over the pitch. It's just not you can't. There's so many that you can pinpoint. I mean, Melly Leopold is another one who, for me, stands out. I think she's one of the most underrated players in the division uh, in terms of again, she scores goals. She's strong in the field, uh, very, very good vision, and she selects her pass very, passes very, very well. So, yeah, obviously, there's so much quality. Pernilla Harder, if she plays, you know, Beth England off the bench, you know, like, like Rob said, before, she has a great record um, against Arsenal, just like Meade has against Chelsea. But the main one for me is obviously Fran Kirby, and then it's then for second, and people maybe listen and be a little bit surprised, but it would be Berger because if she's on her day, I mean, you're not mm. going to score because last season for me, and I think we've already mentioned it on the podcast before, but that Berger save from Lauren Hemp, that's a title winning save. Yeah. So, so you know, she's got those moments in her um, and that's where I think the game could be decided on, on, on Sunday, the two goalkeepers. And I think Manuela Zinsberger has been very, very good this season. I think she's really, really improved. But I just think when you play Chelsea... I think they've got the best goalkeeper in the league for me. So, yeah, obviously she's a she's a big concern.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'm and i glad you brought, you put that shout out there um, and so forth because, I mean, that that's certainly key as well. Do we know if Pernell Harder is going to be available on Sunday? I,
2: I, I believe Emma Hayes has said she expects to have a full squad. Um, she expects okay. to be able to select for a full squad. So I think, you know, I, I think Harder will be available.
0: And, you know, I wonder, I've wondered with Chelsea sometimes that, you know, uh, and this is probably a a really bad hot take I have here, but sometimes I wonder, you know, um, how Chelsea looks sometimes with Harder in the the match and how Chelsea looks outside, um, you know, uh, when she's not available and so forth. I don't know if it's, what do you think, Rob, when the difference between when Harder is in and when she's not in the squad?
2: I would have agreed with you to a, um, to a point apart from the last couple of weeks because I think Jesse Fleming has been superb throughout November. Exactly, um, yeah. I, I think that's the one thing I would say is that in Harbour's absence, Fleming has really stepped up. It would be fascinating, actually, if um, if uh, Peniela Harder is fit, if Emma Hayes does choose to keep Fleming in there um, and play Fleming in behind because Chelsea sort of played more of a, at times, in possession against Birmingham. They almost had a bit of a diamond in the midfield with um, uh, sort of uh, Fleming in behind Kerr and Kirby sort of sitting in as strikers and dropping in and then out of possession at times they almost played 4-2-4 with Aaron Cuthbert or Guru Wright and really pushed up which pushed everyone else across and Fleming sort of occupied that spot in the wing area um, on the opposite wing. So it'll be really interesting to see if Penilla Harder comes again. I will say the other thing from a Chelsea point of view is that then whoever doesn't start you have an unbelievable player off the bench because Penilla Harder was in great form before her injury and Fleming has been in great form anyway. And Penilla Harder is the sort of player herself who, you know, if she's on her day, can decide. she's done it before, can decide cup finals. And that's what I think is so interesting of this um, Chelsea Arsenal game. It's really hard, I think, to predict what the score might be or indeed who might score because there are threats all over the pitch. And I think, you know, OK, there are players that are probably less likely to score for either side. But I think you, there's every single one that you look at and you think, oh yeah, there are scenarios where actually you could see them sort of, you know, stepping up and scoring or you know, getting the decisive goal.
0: Josh, would you, um, Josh, would you rather have, would you rather go against Pernell Harder or Jeff Fleming?
3: I'd like to go against either of them, to be honest. But, <laughs> uh, I know that's going to happen. Um, to be honest with you, and Rob might say. What are you on about? But I'd actually rather go against Harder right now because she's been mm-hmm. out of the team. Yeah. So, you know, she's only coming back and she sort of will take a little bit of time to get back used to it. And and like you've already said, Jesse Fleming is on, is on great form. But it also depends if Arsenal have a centre-back on, on Sunday. I mean, I personally, and I'm not Jonas, so I don't know, but I personally think it'll be Leo Valti and Latham with Moy at centre-back. 'Cause I don't think Jennifer Beattie will play. I, I know she obviously, like we've mentioned before, she pulled out of the Scotland squad during the week. And personally I don't think I, I don't know yet. I don't think anybody knows, but I, I I just don't think she'll play. And obviously Leah Williamson, who is the who is the key miss really. Um so I think it'll be Vaulty at centre back. And Vaulty's played at centre back before, she's experienced in there. Um but that would be the position that sort of worries me. Um, going into the weekend, and also Caitlin Ford as well. I mean, she pulled out of the Australian squad in the warm up yesterday mo- or yesterday morning against the USA. So that'll be interesting as well because what do you do with the front three? Beth Mead, Viviana Meadham, and then Nikita Paris possibly. But then you're sort of playing one on the wrong side, uh, Me- Mead or Paris. So might have to be you know a diamond ch- or a diamond formation, a structural formation change, which isn't exactly ideal with um, Arsenal playing in sort of the same system this season So, um, mm. and especially with the cup final so yeah I think Caitlin I actually thought Caitlin Ford would actually would start this game um, or do you play Jordan Nobbs out on the left again like she did last season so Are you able um, to play
2: is Tobin Heath allowed to play in this game or is uh, well,
3: she the thing is again she's injured anyway oh, Okay um, well,
2: I wasn't sure if she was back fit again I mean
3: this is the worst week for Arsenal players in terms of injuries. That was the worst week for it to happen, and it generally just feels like Arsenal from last season and the season before all over again. Mm. Um, so look, we'll see what happens on Sunday with the team selection, but um, yeah, look, there, there is injury problems there. And uh, look, and, and if Arsenal lose, you best believe that that'll be my excuse on the next show. <laughs>
2: Mark, I... I, I, will, I will say I will say in terms of that, I would, I'm i a bit disappointed to see the injury problems, not because I, I don't think it makes Chelsea's life easier, but I would rather, and I said this to someone else, the reason why I don't consider Chelsea's title in 2019 being a proper title, the season wasn't completed. And I would rather Chelsea be the absolute best and know they've beaten the best. That's why I enjoyed the games last year against Wolfsburg and it's Bayern. Because Chelsea against those beat Wolfsburg and Bayern's best squads. And that is why also earlier this season, the game against Manchester City. I enjoyed winning 4-0 against Manchester City, but I'm not reading anything from it because it's such a different City side to the one that ideally you'd like to see them, you know, they'd normally be putting out. It's a bit of a, you know, anomalous result and a false result in that regard. And even in the way, you know, beating United 6-1 earlier in the season, I think that result was a heavily, you know, again, there was two very late goals in that that swung the situation and in reality the first half of that Chelsea weren't three goals better but United's tactics and Mark Skinner just got the tactics all wrong and played straight into Chelsea's hands and if you're going to do that against you know Frank Kirby, Penelahada and Sam Kerr well you're asking to be beaten 6-1 but I think that's the thing for me is that seeing Arsenal having injuries on what yeah as I've said I think it will affect them And I think if Walty is at centre-back I think that's a real miss again because I think losing her bite in the midfield. Especially, I think she partners Marnham really well in there. Um, And I do really like Frida Marnham as well. I think Marnham's been a fantastic acquisition. But I I think, you know, losing that extra bit of bite in the midfield is something that, especially with Chelsea, where you've got Sophie Ingle in there, who's in such good form and is such a good player at doing that role as well. I think it's something where Chelsea can then really look to exploit, especially if they're controlling possession.
0: Right, uh, great, awesome, uh, Mark. I wanted to get to you. Uh, I haven't given you a whole lot of um, airtime yet, but and you haven't had to get your whistle out uh, at, at yet, but that's probably coming. But but you you know your side has has faced both these teams. Um, you're pretty familiar with both sides. Uh, what players would you say would you be most concerned about on Arsenal side and on Chelsea side? Uh, and from what you've seen from both sides.
1: I think Josh and Rob have said that all of them, you know, Frank Kirby, Miramar, Peniel Harder, um, there is so many good players out there. You know, what? I I know Arsenal have got, you know, I'd love to see Tobin Heath play. Obviously, I know she's injured, but Tobin Heath as well. What I would love to see from a neutral standpoint, from a neutral point of view, is Arsenal to score a really early goal. Because I think that will make the game even better. I think if Chelsea take the lead, with all due respect to Arsenal, Chelsea will probably just power through it. And uh, what going to a cup final, you hope that all the players, they just play well. That's all you want. The more just mm. to come out and play to the best they can. You know, Beth Mead last night, she scored a brace for England. You know, you, you're hoping that form carries on and you're just hoping that the day doesn't get too much above them because it is a cup final. You just hope it. they all just go out, relax, get some early touches and play to the best of their ability.
0: Yeah. I think from my standpoint, I mean, I I love both sides for different reasons and so forth. I just want the the best starting 11 possible for both teams to be uh, be out and available um, and so forth. It's an interesting take where, um, you know, and we can get to that a little bit later. Of, of like, what if you know, what if Arsenal scores first, and then you know, as, as opposed to Chelsea, and how the game will sort of evolve from there, um, and so forth. So, I also
1: think I also think there's another side to this that you've mm-hmm. got one very experienced WSL manager in, in Emma Hayes against novice who's never played in a major cup, who's coming to manage one of the England, being in, the biggest teams in England, into a major cup final, and if you think that's not going to take something away from him, I think we're all kind of, you know, it's the occasion will get to him, I think.
0: Interesting take. Uh, I did want to get to the to the managers. I'm, I'm most concerned about what Jonas is going to wear uh, on the touchline for uh, for this match, since it is a cup final and, and, you know, his track suit game is really strong um and so forth but I don't know if you can put, get away with track suits during the FA Cup final um but Josh I mean what, your thoughts on on uh that take uh by Mark there in regards to Jonas what, you, what are your thoughts there
3: yeah um Jonas has already shown showing that he can beat Emma Hayes and like I know that I said earlier that you know that first day of the season it is irrelevant to this game no it, it is but tactically I really really trust him um I just think that Jonas Ball um, is is fantastic at the minute, and you know he is a very passionate and emotional person. Um, as you've probably all seen, you all witnessed from the touchline, he does like to jump about. And, do you know the thing about that sort of worries me as well is his celebration on that opening day of the season? And Emma Hayes has looked at that and said, "Okay, I have to go, out and, you know, beat him now." A bit like you know if you watch the Rocky movies, um, something like. I am going to have to go out and, you know, you know smash him. So, uh, no, so uh, that worries me. But, no, look, I, Jonas is a good young manager. And it's an Cup final. He'll be passionate. He'll be all up for it. And you know what? Mark could be right. It could go to his head. But I think he'll be cool and calm and and connected. And, he, and he's sort of one of those just focus on the 90 minutes and then, you know, we'll see what happens type of guy. Um, so I'm not really worried that he will sort of freeze with the occasion because um, I think tactically he is a fantastic manager. Uh, he's been in the job long enough and yeah, okay, it is his first cup final. We all know that, but no, I, I think he'll get it right. I'm not saying that Arsenal are going to win the game, but I, I definitely think that Arsenal will will certainly make it a very, very good game of football. and um, I think they'll cause Chelsea problems, I really do.
0: Rob, your thoughts on Jonas and uh, the Emma Hayes versus Jonas uh, matchup on the coaching end?
2: I mean, I will just say he's saying about Jonas beating Emma Hayes. Joe Montemurro beat Emma Hayes in the first game, and then didn't win the next nine. Um, but it's, uh, I think it is really interesting. Um, I was talking to Mia Erickson, who you know, if you don't follow her, by the way, um, you know, you really should be like just disciple of all sorts of women's football just an incredibly knowledgeable person and I was talking to her about your side and she said that it was interesting to see the comparisons now of Eideville when he was coming out to talk about things like players being tired and injured and things like that a comparison to what happened at the end of his season last year when his team were favourites for the title and ended up not winning the title because of issues going by the season and whether it got the better of him pressure wise and I think it would be really interesting to see if he handles the cup final because I think they come into it Arsenal, I think, come into its favourites, and I've said this to someone else. I think they come into its favourites, top of the league, um, with the fact they've already beaten Chelsea, and I think Chelsea will be happy to play up to that and play up to that narrative. And I, I know Josh is probably going to come out immediately and tell me you are not fav- we are not favourites for it because both managers will be itching to get that tag off of them. But it, yeah, I think it'll be really, really interesting to see what they actually do do if either of them do. I don't think Anna Hayes will make any major tactical tweaks. I wonder if, in a way, Jonas might expect him a to do that and will try and overcomplicate it himself to a point. I've seen this a little bit. He did it against Barcelona away. And in that Barcelona away game, approached that game the complete wrong way and Arsenal got taught a lesson for 90 minutes. Um, and make no mistake, it should have been, I think it was 5-1 in the end. It could easily have been 10-1. It wouldn't have been an unfair reflection. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting to see how he does respond to it. In terms of Emma, she's sort of been there and done that. And I think, you know, she'll be keen to get one over him. But at the same time, and this is, is that if Chelsea do lose the cup final, I still think Emma Hayes will, won't change anything because she will know, you know, she will then use that as even more fuel and ammunition for that game in, I think, February. Because let's face it, that game in February is now lining up to look at, like, if Arsenal can come to Kingsmeadow and get a result, they will win the league. If Chelsea win it, they probably win the league. And that's probably how the league is going to shape up.
0: Wow. And I, yeah, it's pretty interesting, you know, I mean, obviously Emma Hayes is a absolute legend and, and so forth and, um, you know, and Jonas is coming to a first FA cup final. And yeah, it does make sense to think, well, maybe he'll overthink it or um, and so forth, which is the probably overthinking the match is probably the worst thing that you can do. Um, we've seen so many examples of managers overthinking situations and then run, you know, running the team into the ground accordingly. Um and so forth, and so there's the you know there is the risk there, but uh for that, See, um,
3: I I honestly don't think he will overthink it. I think that why,
0: why do you not think he's going to overthink it? There's every a, reason to say that he will. <laughs>
3: no, he's he's already played Chelsea. He's already done it. He's already played them. He knows sort of but what to Well, I, this I think he, yeah, but he's think played he played Bar- he played Barcelona in a one off in a Champions League game, and I think he tried to be too smart, and I think he tried to say. I don't think he expected Barcelona to be as good as they are. The thing is with Chelsea, he's already played them. They're domestic. He's probably got more clips of them. He's probably watched them more live. So he sort of knows what to expect. I don't think that he will overthink it. And if he does overthink it, then I'm wrong. But I just think he's already had that experience of already, already managing against them. So I think,
2: he, I think the thing is, from my perspective, what I think he might is that When he played Chelsea, they didn't have Kirby and Kerr in that game. After they came on, it was the point that was 3-2 and Chelsea dominated the last 20 minutes and were unlucky not to take a point away. And I think that's the thing is how do you... Dealing with a Chelsea attack that doesn't have Kerr and Kirby in is one thing. Coming up against them when they have it is another. And also the fact that it was Chelsea's first game with the back three. They look quite, you know, unstable and unsteady. But now the more and more they play the back three, the more and more you're seeing players get into the wrong. And especially Wrighton and Cuthbert, I think, have stepped up so so much in the back three um, and playing in that wing back role effectively as wingers most of the time because Chelsea don't really need to defend. And I think that's where Chelsea could have a real advantage is the fact that those wing backs now know what they're doing and know the role much better, and it's much harder to exploit that I still do think Arsenal will get chances I think they will make them I think some will be fashion because Chelsea will want to play an expansive style of play they'll want to be risky the only way I can see them not needing to do that is it, like we said if Chelsea get an early goal I think if Chelsea get an early goal they'll go on and win it 2-0 because I think the early goal will mean they can sit in they can play on the counter it will play into their hands Arsenal will need to start coming out and when you've got to play on the counter attack against Kirby and Kerr inevitably at some point you're going to get a situation where one of them is in
1: one-on-one and you will back them to score it
0: Mark, your thoughts on uh, your thoughts on what's been said?
1: I, you know, something I, I've got to agree with both of them. I really do. I think, you know, Josh obviously knows Arsenal a lot better than I do, and I, I think managing a cup final is different to managing a league game. And but I also agree with what he said. He's probably got more clips of Chelsea now than he did have at the very beginning of the season. I think he he can tactically look at where to exploit Chelsea's weaknesses. And, you know, I, I don't think Rob's going to sit there and go, well, Chelsea haven't got any weaknesses. You know, Chelsea have got mm-hmm. some frailties. Yes. And I think if if Arsenal, you know, if Jonas can find them and work them to his advantage, you know what? Good, you know, well done to him. But I also think Emma Hayes, she's going to do the same for, for, for Arsenal. I, I just think, though, player for player, Chelsea edge it. Chelsea have got... Chelsea, for me, have got the best squad in, in, in England in the women's game. and uh, You know, and Arsenal have got a good squad. I think Arsenal have got, you know, Beth Mead, you know, we talk about. Mead we talk about. Leah Williamson, we talk about. Jordan Nobbs, we've not even mentioned in this entire yeah, conversation. You know, Ch- Arsenal have got some great players. But you look at the Arsenal front three, uh, Chelsea front three, sorry. You know, Sam Kerr, Frank Herbie, you've got Beth England to come off the bench. Peniel Harder, you've got Millie Bright at the back. You've got great players and the managers will be looking to exploit weaknesses of all the players. That's what their job is. And if Jonas does his job the way he did it on the first day, that's a great cup final. And, you know, it'll go down as a shock for, for every person because I don't think, unless you're an Arsenal fan, I don't think anyone expects Chelsea not to win it. And, you know, that's why I'm hoping for an early Arsenal goal, because it'll make the game that much more exciting. Because as I said, and as Rob said, if Chelsea get the first goal, they can easily shut up shop.
0: So in looking at the, you know, you're looking at the tactics. One of the things that, you know, um, that has been different with Chelsea this year is that, you know, Chelsea started off, you know, um, with a back three. Um, to start the season off 3-4-3. And at times they'll switch back to a 4-3-3 and so forth. Rob, do you feel like you think Emma's going to keep with the 3-4-3 or or given the players that she now has available, go back to the tried and true 4-3-3?
2: I think she'll keep the 3-4-3, but I think she'll have it in the situation that we've seen in recent games where it's been more fluid. And it's been a situation that if necessary, it can become a four with... um, sort of, you know, Jess Carter dropping into the left-back position, Cuthbert playing as a right-back and moving Goura right and usually up the pitch and putting Goura right and into either that midfield in sort of that number 10 role or alternatively pushing Fleming back into the midfield, pushing Kirby onto the right curve through the middle and then right and on the left-hand side. Because then that means they've got that tactical fluidity and also that extra bit of solidity. I think what will be really interesting for me is who Chelsea pick in the midfield. because I think, you know, there's good arguments to be made for all of them. Melanie Leopold is, again, I think a really good box-to-box player. Sophie Ingle, I've said, I think she's the most underrated member of the squad. So Young is capable of producing those moments of quality and magic that can define a cup final and is good at setting the tempo. But I do think Emma will plump with possibly a more physical midfield to battle up against Marnham and up against Arsenal midfield potentially with knobs in there because they have legs. And I think that's one thing that So Young... Jean is possibly the sort of player I could see maybe coming on later on in the game when players are tiring and being a real threat for ability to play it in behind and, you know, turn a tiring back line, especially if you see, say, Penilla Harder coming off the bench or Beth England coming off the bench. But all Lauren James as well. We haven't even mentioned Lauren James. And, you know, there's part of me that wonders, could this be Lauren James's big moment to, you know, announce herself at Chelsea by scoring the winner in the FA Cup final? Um, The same with Nikita Paris at Arsenal. That's the sort of thing, is that I think both of them are waiting for that big moment to say, I'm here, I've arrived now. And we haven't really seen that yet.
0: Josh, your thoughts about how Jonas is going to approach t- this match tactically. I mean, one of the things that we've mentioned on this, on this show before is how the difference in fluidity between, you know, John, Joe sort of offensive tactics where we used to be that, you know, they would get up maybe one or two nil and then set up shop and then mm-hmm. slow the game down. But instead with Jonas, it's been more fluid regardless of what the scoreline says. So, um, what what do you expect out of Jonas from a t- from a tactical perspective? Um, you know, hoping that he doesn't overthink this too much.
3: Yeah, yeah. i I think you will just I think I'll go for. for, for I, I, to be to be fair, it depends who you should be able to field. So, if the midfield with Leo Valti, Manum, Valti and Nobs, you know, because they can press. and they can also break down the play as well so Chelsea, Chelsea will try to play three. that's why I think Vaulty in midfield is so crucial because she breaks down that play I think you can see Arsenal going um, and they did it the first set of season as well but I think they'll go more direct so not not in terms of the long ball but they'll sort of be more aggressive in their play um, I think that sometimes we'll try to play all the time, um, and that exploited the fact that Chelsea's back three in the opening day of the season. And I know that Chelsea have you know they have improved in it, you know, in that sort of transitional period. Um, I think Arsenal will obviously the player in the back four. I think Arsenal will go four three three. That's why the other side because he, he got made on the left. I would imagine he got made him as the nine, and then I just, just don't know who plays it right because. If Tobin Heath isn't fit, then, you know, a little bit Um, So, you could play Mana as well. Um, But, again, there's doubts over her fitness. So, uh, yeah, Arsenal have a bit of an injury crisis again at the minute. Um, And I wouldn't actually be surprised if, you know, the midfield three isn't with with Jordan Dobbs. Jordan Dobbs out wide. uh, It's a big ball. But if back back fit, she could play in the field in that midfield. So yeah, Jonas does have options there. Um, but like we've all said, and we've said it throughout the podcast, Leah Williamson is the big miss here because if there was a centre back problem, you know you can drop someone in the centre back and you can play Williamson in the field, or you can play Williamson. Um, It's going to be a really, really interesting team selection. It just depends what sort of fitness Jennifer fit because that allows all to sit in the and sit in front of that, in front of what I think will be a back four.
0: Yeah, you're having a little bit of connection issues on your end there, Josh. But um, and so far I think we got um, we got most of what you got uh, out there um, and so forth. So how, I I think um, one of the things that, you know, will make the difference in this match is, you know, uh, as I've said many times on this show with folks is, you know, which team controls the midfield play. Uh, And both teams, I think are capable of controlling the midfield, but I feel like, you know, um, you you control the midfield, you control who went, who's going to, you know dictate the tempo and dictate the pace and, and dictate play what are y'all's thoughts about the midfield and who has the advantage uh you know in the midfield
2: honestly I don't really I don't really know in that regard who has the advantage because I think it depends on which players play again um as I sort of said you know Chelsea going, in mean, I think with Liverpool's and say, you know, maybe Liverpool's Ingle and Jesse Fleming just in front, dropping back in. I think there's a lot of strength in there, and there's also a lot of running power in Leopolds and Fleming, who both press really, really well. As Josh has sort of said from Arsenal's perspective, if you've got Marnham and Jordan Nobbs in there, there's an awful lot of energy in there as well. If Chelsea put G So Young in there, there's more creative flair, but there also is the risk that you're going to get caught on counter-attacks because you can have the transition and sort of move through the transition quite easily. Chelsea could look at using Drew Spence for that extra bit of experience in the midfield because she does offer that experience and, you know, that physical threat, but also offers a bit more of a goal threat as well. Um, you could potentially even see, you know, Chelsea looking at sort of a more fluid situation where they if they have, you know, panella Harder back in, if she plays in that sort of midfield and drops into the midfield at times in order to pick the ball up from deep. Um So I, I really honestly don't think there's either side that has an obvious advantage in the midfield um, at this moment in time. I think it, a lot of it will depend on
1: how they line up on the day and who is picked. It's also going to be the service that you, you know you expect the service from the midfield to be good for the forwards. Mm. So you, I think Arsenal have got a good midfielder, as Rob said, and I think Chelsea have got a great midfield, as we all know. So it depends on which of the, those midfield players wants to take the game by the scruff of its neck. And you know, do what they do best. I, I I wouldn't say either team has an advantage. I would say both teams have very good players who are who potentially could win the game by themselves.
2: Mm.
1: You just hope that you, they go out. The ref, you know, we've not even talked about a referee yet. We just hope that the, that the referee lets the game flow. We just hope the referee does what a referee is supposed to do and be. You know, not even really recognized on a pitch. But no. also, more importantly, you hope that the fans have a good day out. After all, it's a cup final. It's a, you know, the FA Cup final here, it, you know, I can't tell you how big these days are for the fans. These are some things that fans build their their weekend around. You know, I, you know, going from a men's point of view, when I go, when United go to a cup final, when we haven't been one for a while, you know, we make. I make a weekend of it. I go down to London the day before, and we have the night. And you know, fans will make the most of it. Obviously, both coming from London, they don't have to spend the you know doing it that way. But for the fans as well, because the fans will want to have the bragging rights over each other. So the, the, there's a lot riding on the game from both points of view, but both from the teams and the way they line up, both from the managers what they do tactically, but also for the fans mm. as well.
0: Josh, what do you think as far as the midfield is concerned? Um yeah,
3: again, I think Rob sort of covered it. I think that if he ever plays, um I think that's obviously we're gonna to have to wait until one o'clock on Sunday and uh, see what the team's gonna be. Um but look I always think that Chelsea have a very, very strong midfield and I think Arsenal have one as well, but it sort of depends on how Arsenal set up. Like we've spoke before, I think the I think Chelsea have just got a little bit too much quality in that position, um, and I think Arsenal are stronger in other areas. Um, but yeah, I, I would sort of say Chelsea have the event, uh, advantage
0: if it does go to a midfield
3: slow battle. Let's be honest.
0: So, Rob, one of the things that you mentioned when we just on the show right at the beginning of the season after the first match was you were very convinced that, you know, if Sophie Ingle had started in the in the first match against Arsenal, that could probably would have been a different result. So my question to you is G versus Ingle, Do you start G or do you put in Ingle because you've yeah, got Engel. two different kind of situations there with these two? So Sophie Ingle
2: in a in a cup final, the first thing in a cup final, which should be on a manager's mind, is how do I not concede? Before you even start thinking about how you're going to win a cup final, you think about how you're not going to lose a cup final, and that is all should always be the first thing at the front of your mind. And for me, the obvious answer to that is you keep it tight early on, you don't give away any sloppy mistakes, and you have proper you get control in that midfield. And I think you need Ingle in there, you need Leopold in there. That's why I would be tempted to start Jesse Fleming and have Fleming in behind the two strikers and let Kirby and Kerr play in behind and float. Because with Leah Williamson in there, the other thing is Arsenal lose a very athletic defender. She is someone who is very mobile. She gets across the pitch very well and she covers really well. Woman well, Moy herself is quite mobile, but I think it'd be fair to say Leah Walty is not the fastest player. Um, she's not, you know, she hasn't got that sort of, sort of, sort of burst acceleration that, Williamson does how to get her out of trouble. And if you can get to situations where you've got the ball to say Fleming in that half space inside the Arsenal half and suddenly you're playing it in between, you know, Walty or whoever's at centre back and uh, probably V uh, Vinaritz probably a right back, I'd expect. Um, you've then got you know a situation where Kerr is going to be turning into there and using that space and probably getting fouled and all getting taken out, and then you're gonna be seeing or alternatively going through and scoring. Um and that's what I think, you know, Chelsea, if they get that situation right there's potentially big, especially how open Arsenal do play, because even if Arsenal do take the lead, what I think would be really interesting is Will and Joe Montemarino, uh, not Joe tomorrow under Joe Montemarino when they took the lead, you would see them, you know, shut up shop, as you said. Under the current management, they don't. And they will still try and play forward. And it's whether they'll be brave enough to do that again against Chelsea. They did that on the opening day. Will they be brave enough to do it now again, knowing that there's Kerr and Kirby up front, and that if you lose it in the transition and suddenly, you know, we've seen Arsenal this season, especially against uh, Spurs a few weeks ago, look very, very vulnerable when they've been caught in the transition and balls have been played over the top and they've been pacing behind.
0: And Josh, um, yeah, your thoughts as far as your midfield is concerned. Is there there a player in the midfield setup that is a critical player that um, that? you would want in there do you feel like the your midfield should set up shop and and as rob was saying you know look to not concede versus having more of an offensive minded midfielder mm. set up uh to to go on the attack against chelsea
3: i think against chelsea the first thing on your mind should be to not concede um so leo Valde, if she does play in midfield for me is that the crucial player here um Obviously, as we said it before, but Leah Williamson and Rob makes a really, really good point about you know the athleticism, and that's fine. But I actually think that Leah Valti she spots danger, so she, she doesn't need to be that quick because she spots it before
2: it kind of happens. Uh, I'm, I'm more, but, I'm more. I think in this case, I'm more talking about situations where if you're on the counter and you know the counter is going to happen, yeah. and then you've got the ball played in directly in behind. Because I think that's the same with Sophie Ingle. Sophie Ingle's really good at that. But when we saw Ingle at centre back, and especially against Wolfsburg last year in the Erno uh, and last year in the UWCL, players with pace are able to get in behind because you get caught in two minds as a midfielder as to whether to step out yeah. or to sit in.
3: Yeah, um, I also think that you know Williamson has an unbelievable long range passing, and mm. Valti is probably the second best in the squad going on and doing that. So I I think that you know Valti, if Arsenal are to, are to win this trophy. And I actually, my preview will be out tomorrow. Um, I actually pinpointed Vulte as Arsenal's key player in this game. Um, I just think that, you know, her passing range, how she spots danger, you know, her pass selection is is, is brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, if Arsenal are to win this game, the midfield, of course, is crucial. It's the most crucial part in the team, really, because... Chelsea are brilliant in transition. They're so quick. They move the ball really, really well. Um, but yeah, for me, obviously it's about the first thing. And Rob hit the nail on the head. You you, you don't want to concede early on. So uh, for me, Vaulty is that is the key player here for Arsenal.
1: Mark, your thoughts? I think both of the, Rob, Josh and Rob have, have summed it up really well. The, you know, good players both sides don't concede early play tight that's what you that's what the that's what the message will probably be from both managers in a very simplistic way don't if concede you,
0: who which midfield do you feel like has the advantage here because i mean i i have in my mind who which team's midfield would has a better opportunity to to control well, this match to me
1: you know i've said it before and you know no disrespect to arsenal chelsea i think have got the best squad in the WSL, I think Chelsea player for player, they're they they're heads above most teams in the WSL, if not every team in the WSL. So if you're asking me who's got the better midfield, it's Chelsea, and you know, but you know, you, you're looking at a group of players there. You know, Arsenal got very good individual players in the middle of the park. You know, you, you know, you know, Tobin Heath injured, Jordan Nobbs, you know hopefully plays, because you've got players who can change games, but best midfield, you've got to go with the best team and the best squad, and that's Chelsea.
0: Yeah, I I think I would agree with that, because, I mean, in in terms of, you know, the both, you know, I mean, it's not – but. I mean, no disrespect, obviously to to Arsenal and so forth, but but player for player on the Chelsea side as a team, they have so many different possibilities and so many different types of weapons to to use, regardless. So, depending depending on how they want to play the game, and and I would be more confident in Chelsea's midfield to control it than I would be Arsenal's midfield to control it. I also I think the key player, I you know, and maybe Rob, you would disagree but I think you will agree is I think Sophie Engel potentially becomes a key player uh, if Mm -hmm. she ends up starting um, you know and so forth but I would be more confident uh, with Chelsea's midfield but I want to go to the goalkeepers for a second because we talked earlier about and Katherine Berger you know Josh you brought brought her up as a possible key player for Chelsea and, and I think on the other side is an obvious key player for Arsenal is Zinsberger now you know statistically speaking zinsberger is having a better season so far from a statistical standpoint uh in terms of efficiency and you know goals versus expected goals against you know uh, right now you know uh, zinsberger has a statistical advantage but right now right now who is the better goalkeeper at the moment
3: uh, Berger, Um burger uh, um again <laughs> let's be honest i mean I, I think Zinsberger's had a really good season I think she's really improved and like we've said in the podcast many times to you um, I think she's probably been Arsenal's most improved player this season however Berger is the best goalkeeper in the world um, in my opinion um, I mean her shot stopping ability is absolutely unbelievable and you look at the Man City game even a few weeks ago um, and Chelsea went on to win 4-0 and um, she made she's, she made some huge saves in that game, um in that first half. So for me, she's the, she's a, the best goalkeeper in the world, and I don't think anybody really can compete with her. And you know, football is down to moments, and there's been moments in the years that Chelsea are thinking, you know, Berger saved them, and I just think at the weekend, and. That you know there will be moments that Arsenal will get chances, and you know, you just know it in your heart of hearts that Berger will just have a stormer because she always does. She steps up in the big big occasions, and I really like Sinsenberg, fantastic goalkeeper, had a really really good season, and her improvement has been excellent this season. But if we're talking about who's the better goalkeeper, well, that's just got to be realistic. And for right now, it's it's Berger, and by by quite a long distance as well, to be honest with you, Rob.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree. I, I said, you know, I said before I thought Anne Katrin was the best goalkeeper um, worldwide last year. I mean, I, I think, you know, as you said earlier, that save from Lauren Hemp was the title the moment Chelsea won the title um, last season. And I think, you know, it's interesting looking back at that now, comparing the fortune to the two sides, what, you know, what might have been if it had gone in and if there had been, you know, a different outcome, would we, you know, be sort of in this situation? But I think, you know, for me, one thing I will say about that I do, I've that I've do. i been really impressed about this season is that before when you watched her, you always sort of had that feeling that she's a goalkeeper that can be brilliant for 89 minutes. And then we'll have that one moment of madness or that one minute of madness and give away a big chance. And in most WSL games, you can get away with that because, you know, the opposition can't take it or whatever. But against those really top opposition, you can't get away with that because one basic chance them is basically a goal. However, this season, she hasn't really been doing that as much. And I also, part of me can't tell if that's because Arsenal's defending has improved, because I think you'd say much, you've been much better defensively this season than last year. But I also think part of it has to be giving credit to the player. And I also think confidence is one of those things that breeds a lot in goalkeepers. So when you start keeping clean sheets, it suddenly becomes a lot easier. And suddenly your jumping reaches, you know, that couple of centimetres longer. You're able to get that, you know, couple of extra inches on the fingertips. You're diving across that bit quicker. And I think for me, it's, um, it, it's, yeah, I think it's fair to say Berger is a better goalkeeper, but I don't think this is a situation like, say when Chelsea played against Manchester City a few weeks ago, and we were looking at Taib and saying, well, you know, there's a real weak point with the best respect to Katerina Taib, um, because, you know, I think she's still a very good goalkeeper. I just think Chelsea happened to have the best in the world. So,
3: Mark. Yeah. Sorry. Um, before um, Arsenal brought in a new goalkeeper coach in the summer, and, um, mm. You can see that, and I I absolutely agree with Rob, last season Zinsberger would have given you a chance, you know, she would be racing off her line, but if teams putting the ball in the box this season, you can see it, her confidence is so high. She comes out, she deals with it, and she's just much more more relaxed just in her whole approach. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, look, definitely, I think, like I said, she's been Arsenal's most improved player this season, and look, Arsenal know, and Zinsberger knows, that she has, she will be busy on Sunday. So, yeah, she is absolutely crucial in this game.
0: Mark, are you Zinsberger versus Berger. Burger.
1: Berger. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't. I, I think Josh is absolutely right. She's the best, she's the best goalkeeper in the world right now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, no disrespect. You know, I think Josh said it as well. Last season, you would have had a go at Zinsberger, but this season, different kettle of fish but but burger because she's she is that good. She she makes saves that she makes saves look easy. I, I put I, let's put it that way and, and and goalkeepers that's the job of a goalkeeper to mm. make the job look easy in a way and, and that's what she does. So it's kind of a no brainer but yeah burger.
0: So Mark which front three are you most of would you as you, as a neutral or as a United fan, are most would be most concerned about facing between you know a three of Beth Mead, Minima, and uh, well, to, let's see a front two. We don't you know it's kind of interchangeable who the third party might be. But are you would you fear Kirby and Kerr more so than Mead and Mead? Yeah, sorry
1: Chelsea, Chelsea again. I, I said it before. I think Frank Kirby is the best British player right now. And Sam Kerr is probably one of the best. Is one of the best players in the world. No disrespect to Arsenal, Midamare, and and whoever plays up front with it. But Chelsea are where they are for a reason. They've they've accumulated. They've got a very good squad. And if 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 Sam Kerr doesn't play, then they can bring in Beth England. If Beth England doesn't play, then they can bring in Peniel Harder. You know, they've got... And then if Peniel Harder doesn't play, as Rob said, you can bring in LJ, who I know for a fact what she can, you know, what she's capable of. Chelsea, player for player, have got the best team and the best squad. So if if you're asking me to choose which striking force I would like to see, it's got to be Chelsea's because they make the game sometimes look so easy. They play with a flow, with a play, crisp, nice passing. And, you know, I I just hope it doesn't turn into a a game of Chelsea, 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 very little Arsenal. I don't think it will. I I honestly don't. But I think player for player against each other, you've got to look at Chelsea.
0: Rob, if, anyway, as we, we're wrapping this up here, um, Rob, what does your team need to do? What does Chelsea need to do to ensure victory?
2: Score more goals than Arsenal.
0: Well, that would be... A, the, yeah. I mean, let's, let's think let's it a little bit further than that. What do they need to do in order to do that? Um, I mean,
2: I, I could just say put the ball in the back of the net more than Arsenal, but I won't. Um, the uh, I think, you know, control the midfield battle, shut down Beth Mead, because I think if you shut down Mead, then you also severely hamper the service into Vivian Miedermeyer. And I think that's possibly where Chelsea have the edge, is that even if you shut down, um, you know, Frank Kirby, Sam Kerr herself can still create chances, because she can shoot from long range. Whereas Miedermeyer doesn't tend to do that as much. She is perfectly capable of doing it. But he's more of a player who does work inside the box better. Um, I think, yeah, control the midfield shut down. I mean, And also, I think really capitalise on the fact that Arsenal might have issues in the defensive area. And, you know, maybe able to be sort of, you know, turned or maybe susceptible to having a less sort of frequent pairing. There.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've lost, uh, you know, Josh, you're back with us, it looks like, uh, and so forth. Josh, besides your team scoring more goals than the other team, Rob, I knew you were going to throw that out there, man. I knew you were going to say something like that. But besides that, Josh, <laughs> uh, what is what does Arsenal need to do to pull this, uh, pull this cup match off and win this? What do you need to do besides score more goals?
3: I have to stay strong at the back. I think that's first yeah. and foremost uh, against this Chelsea side because they are, you know, they are so fluid. Um, they're incredible going forward, but Arsenal have to be clinical this weekend because I don't know how many chances they're going to get against this Chelsea team. Um, I don't know that you're going to say score more goals. It's it's. The question, uh, Rob answered it correctly. Um, that's why you win games of football. You score more goals than the opposition. Um, but yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal have to be clinical uh, when the chances come about. Um, so yeah, look, Arsenal. If Arsenal press and, and play their usual game, then you know they have every chance. But first and foremost, have to stay strong defensively. If Arsenal concede in the opening ten minutes, then yeah, it sort of spells trouble.
0: Mark, what do you what What are your thoughts? I mean, you you it looks like sounds like you're heavily leaning towards Chelsea being the better team, um, and so forth. But um, you know, what do you think? How do you think Chelsea can win this match? How do you think Arsenal can win this match? Or do you even believe Arsenal can win this match?
1: Do I believe Arsenal can win it? Yeah, of course they can. It's, look, at, at the end of the day, it's a cup final, and and anything can happen in a cup final. I know we say that about most games and everything, but. This is a cup final. You know, it, it doesn't go on league form. It doesn't go on anything else. It's, it's about the day and it's about which team can, it, it, which team can get into their game quicker and, and settle down. Because you know, it's it, it's going to be played at Wembley. It's going to be in front of a of a, a big crowd, and anything can happen. Do I think Arsenal can win it? yet? Yeah. but realistically, I think it's going to be Chelsea that win it. And I'm, I, I mean, I just hope as a spectacle, it's good. It's both. It's good for all both fans. I won't. You know, I'm not going to be watching it. I'm. You know, I'm, I'm. at Old Trafford. It kicks off at exactly the same time, so I. I won't be watching it. Um, and I just hope, you know, for the fans, for the players, it's a great occasion. You know, the FA Cup is the FA's. Let's call it a masterpiece. The FA care about the FA Cup more than they care about the WSL or the Conti Cup. It's, it's their showpiece. And all, well, all they want is to put on a good show for, for the fans in attendance and for everyone watching it around the world. I, I think it's going to be a great cup final, I really do. But I, I am edging to Chelsea, which means which means Arsenal win it. If I ever mm. go to Washington, the other team will always win it.
0: Good, <laughs> lads. I'd like to hear that. Does anyone fancy that this match goes to extra time?
1: Oh, I bloody hope not.
0: Mate,
2: I think Yeah, that's same. Mark, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you've some Barcelona fans wouldn't mind it either.
0: They wouldn't mind it at all, I think, and so forth. Um, I wonder if – I mean, in a way, I would wonder if teams – both sides would want to avoid that possibility at all costs of having to play another 30 minutes. But, you know, some the fans may like it. But – um you know, um, you know, it's more free, more free football, but, uh, and so forth. But I just, you know, um, cause I mean, last year's final though, totally different situation, but that went to, you know, that ended up going in extra time with, you know, city pulling it out in the end. Um, but, um, but yeah, I can see this one potentially going in extra time as well, depending on how things, um, go. My thought is, you know, you know, it's interesting that people think that Arsenal is the favorite, which I, I find, sort of baffling um it is a you no, know that's it, Rob playing mind games that's what that is i mean yeah rob you know come, i mean rob please yeah never mind rob i know I, the The way the sun is hitting you right now is a perfect description mm-hmm. of your the mind game situation you got going on there um, no, I mean, that in mean, I mean, the star wars I mean, shirt I mean, it was sweater I mean, you got gone I
2: mean, i've said this is that if you go into a cup final there uh-huh. is a team that is top of WSL at the moment that is not Chelsea. There is a team that, is, that has won this season against the other one this season and it's not it's Chelsea. Chelsea. That means they're favourites. That means it's
3: they're favourites. I- <laughs> for me, though, Chelsea are the standard of English football right now. Like we've already said, they're the best team. They are the champions. You know, So, for me, Chelsea are, are, are favourites to go and win this, absolutely. Um, Sort of more pressure on Chelsea than Arsenal.
1: I think Josh has just used the correct word there. There's more correct sentence, there's more pressure on Chelsea than there is on Arsenal. People yeah. are not expecting That is true. Us. Yes. People that are not is expecting true. Our, mm-hmm. people are not expecting Arsenal to come in and, and win this. People are expecting Chelsea
0: to win this. And, and that's think- and that's that's Jonas Etaval's dressing room speech right there. No yes, one think, expects us to win this. No. Absolutely, that Chelsea's better than us.
1: Look, the mantra, you know. of, the mantra of the FA Cup is it's an underdogs' day. Yeah. You know, in, yeah. in the in the men's game in the third round, you know, it, underdogs. That you know, this is what you want. You, you can't call Chelsea an underdog, though. You you know, Chelsea yeah. are the best team in the Women's Super League right now. They're there for a reason. Chelsea are there where they are for a reason, but. Mm-hmm. There is more pressure on Chelsea than there is on Arsenal, and if anything, that helps Arsenal more than Chelsea. Mm. I, I think it's I think it's an interesting point. Again,
2: I personally, like if I'm being more honest, I don't think there's a genuine, obvious clear favourite for it. I think it's one of those we're on the day. It'll be tight. It'll be tense. I can't see it. unless something dramatic happens in the opening five minutes. I, you know, a goalkeeper getting sent off or something like that, which I don't really want to happen because it will spoil it as a spectacle. Um, or you know a player uh, yeah God forbid because i happened in the last Cup Final when Chelsea played but you know a horrendous injury that will just set the tone for the game and you know make it away from the spectacle and something you'll be worrying about the player as happened in the Compton Cup Final for Chelsea earlier um, this year I, I just hope it's a really good you know as we said a good sporting spectacle it's again the first that's being held in December it will likely be the only ever December FA Cup Final um, at least I hope so and Realistically, the main thing—the you know, main thing for me—is a good sporting spectacle. And hopefully, we're coming out of it to talk about the football rather than about you know lack of technology or refereeing or whatever other you know dastardly nonsense that can be occupying it. Because ultimately, that's the game—the name of the game of the sport. And I would much rather sit. And, again, I'll say it now. I'd much rather sit, as much as it'll pain me to say. I'd much rather sit and debate on the podcast next week where it went wrong for Chelsea and what they did tactically wrong. Then I would sit and win the game, say one nil, due to a horrendous bit of refereeing or right. some ludicrous offside goal or whatever. I don't know if VAR and goal line technology are in play in this final. I'd severely hope we're using all the technology available because I would rather, and this is why I said, I'd rather beat Arsenal at their absolute best and beat them at their best to know that we've earned it and know that it feels like we won it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Josh, any uh, you know any th- uh, thoughts with? along those lines that was spoken of here?
3: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I would rather win it, you know, fairly than to speak about a penalty that isn't a penalty or a, an offside goal, you know, because right. that's sort of the, uh, that will always be used then, sort of against you. Um, right. You'd always be saying, ah, you, want to, you cheated and see him all the always cheating chant times two. Um, so, you know, there, there is always going to be that sort of uh, abuse. Um but no, look, I I just hope it's a really good game of football. That's all I ask. Um, and and if we get beat by the better team, then yeah, we get beat by the better team. If we win, we win. Um, so yeah, look, we'll see what happens on on Sunday, and I hope that we're sitting here talking next week about you know just a really really good game of football, really.
0: Yeah, I I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I. you know, that's what I want to see at the end of the day is a spectacle. And it's not marred by anything that shouldn't happen, like bad referee calls or, God forbid, any injuries or anything like yeah. that. So that's what I would be hoping for at the end, that it is a spectacle. And I really don't want it to go in extra time, to be honest. I want it to be done in 90 um, and so forth. I know in a cup final, statistics don't really matter not, that much. But it's really interesting that, you know, by far... You know, by far, both Arsenal and Chelsea have the best stats, whatever you want to call it, in the league. Uh, You know, they're the top two in the league in every, just about every statistical category. Um, You know, there's a few exceptions to that, but overall, it, it is the case. But, you know, if you look at the stats and look at the advanced statistics, you know, Chelsea actually does have, you know, a slight advantage there. I'm not sure that that really matters, but it kind of plays into my thinking that, you know, even the eye test to me, If I look at the stats, Chelsea's the favorite. If I, the eye test right now for me, and I'm saying this with a caveat if we were playing this FA Cup final four weeks ago, I think that, um, I think the eye test might be different. Um, Given where Arsenal's form was four weeks ago versus where Chelsea's form was four weeks ago, I think it's a different situation. But as it stands right now, where Chelsea's form is improving Arsenal's, form is slowly kind of falling off a little bit um, and so forth. It's the eye test to me points to Chelsea being the better team right now at the moment. Um, I do predict Chelsea to win. Not that I would be shocked if Arsenal won. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked, Uh, but Arsenal has to score first. I completely agree with the sentiment made made by y'all by saying Arsenal has to score first to win. They, I think they will have very little chance at winning uh, or their chances get really diminished um, if they concede first. So the key really is going to be um, and then I because of that, I think both teams will, will want to not concede, not be the first one to, to concede. And I think the first 60 minutes might be very tight. I mean, it'll be. I think it might be a very tight 45 minutes, unless something happens and someone manages to score. But I think they're going to play it really tight for the first 45, even 60 minutes. But then it's going to be the if it's really tight and the score is nil-nil or something like that, um, the last 30, 30 minutes is going to be pure chaos um, to try to finish this game out in the remaining. Are you talking minutes. yourself into extra time now? You're no, no, not talking, yourself, no, anyway. I'm not <laughs> talking into extra yeah, nothing. Keep it tight for 60 minutes. That's extra time yes. all over it. With the, with the firepower that both of these two teams had? You, 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 no. I wouldn't
2: be, be shocked if it's the exact opposite. It's a crazy opening 30 minutes. Because I think both sides will want to come out, and I think both sides will want to score. And I, I could see it being, I could see something really chaotic happening where about half-time it's something like 3-3. Because I think both sides will just want to go punch for punch with each other. I could see
0: something really chaotic. I, would, I mean, I would love that. I don't. I really don't I want it to be this. that tight. I mean, I mean, I would love it to be three three at, at the half. That would be awesome. But I don't. I, be, okay. I don't think that's going to happen. Three I, I don't three late play with two players center from each team. Now that's a good <laughs> find. <laughs> In the nineteen seventies, oh, no. yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay. So what's really more likely it. to happen, a three three or a zero zero? No, both, 0
2: right.
0: I mean, they're both equally yeah. anomalous. They're, they're oh.
2: both they're, they're both the exact same result. It's just in one case one team def- in one case one team didn't choose teams didn't choose to attack, and in the other, they didn't choose to defend.
3: Yeah,
0: that's that's, well, that's, that's
2: that's draws a boring. Right.
0: <laughs> I I I do predict a Chelsea win. Um, I I do predict a Chelsea win in the end. Um, and um, it, it'll be. I think it's going to be a a very very good match. Um, but Chelsea is I think one step ahead. Um, and so forth at this point. Um, though I still will hold to my prediction, however, I, and I still have that prediction out there, I do believe Arsenal will win a trophy this year. I just don't know which one it'll be. Obviously, it's probably, probably not going to be the Champions League. Um, so that leaves the domestic competitions. I do believe Arsenal will come away with something i don't think chelsea is going to like win it all you know um and so forth i just that's my prediction i'm going to stand to it um in arsenal this is the closest one right now for arsenal but i'm still i'm sticking with chelsea in this one based on now i i do believe though if Leah williamson was playing you know that that's a key loss i mean that's a really key loss unfortunately um and so forth for arsenal really that i think that Potentially ch- changes the board, um, and so forth.
1: Can I can I be honest? And I've never said this this to anyone other than than people I know. Lee Williamson is the one player I would want at United. That's yeah, I'm,
3: I'm glad you said that. Key, the key word was want.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you always look around at players from from squads. Yeah, from obviously. From yeah. and Lee Williamson is that standout player that. There's, there's, me and a few of the others. We always say that if you could get take one
0: player from another team, it would be Leah Williamson. She is that important. So, who would you take from Chelsea? You take Leah Williamson. Arsenal. Who would you take from Chelsea then?
1: Uh, for me, one right player. Now, take, one player. For now, for me, right now, you take Frank Kirby. Yeah, but say, if it's not Frank Kirby, that's me wrong. At the moment, yeah. I mean, well, then, say, from... Can I, can I have a caveat on that? Yeah. If I couldn't ahead. take. If I couldn't take Leah Williamson, I'd take Beth Mead, and if I couldn't take Frank Kirby, I'd take Neil Harder for one very simple reason: they're both United fans.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, sorry, everyone's a, everyone's a United fan, but they are proper—they are Reds through and through.
0: All right, and so forth. <laughs> everyone's a, all right. Ask
2: Anna Blundell who she supports next time you see her at Leeds. <laughs>
1: If we could speak to the players, that would be a that would be a start.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. That's, That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I, I, thank you so much, y'all. Um, and so forth. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. Love the, the Star Wars sweater there. That's great. Yeah. Um, you know, Christmas is here, uh, so forth. Love it. Um, you know, I don't know if you're turning to the dark side or not. I have no idea, but you know. Um, but hopefully, uh is a Chelsea you know, fan he's
3: already done that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh Josh, you know, thank you for being here, man. No worries. Good right luck to you. Good luck to you, Rob, good luck to you as well and your team as well. I don't know if you all need it or not, but good but luck. Can you. we
2: also at this point also say good luck to the officiating team and all the staff that are gonna be working to make it a s you know, showpiece event to make it come off about a hitch because it's in, again, to put on a cup final of any magnitude is impressive, but to put on something like this With difficult times at the moment in the UK, it's fair to say, you know, big thanks and congratulations to everyone involved in it. And I hope it just passes off as, you know, the wonderful sporting spectacle it should be and may the best team win. Uh,
0: How many tickets have been sold? Well,
2: Over 40,000. 40,000, yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard someone suggest to me it was near 45, but Mm -hmm. I, I know it's at least over 40. Yeah.
0: Okay. Good, good, very good. Uh, thank you, Mark, for being here and and uh, throwing your t- two cents in. I, and that was probably, I thank you, Mark, for throwing that in there at the end, because that was kind of the, that was sort of the question I had on the tip of my tongue, but I never got it out. Uh, you know, who on the other team would you take, you know, if you had your choice? Um, so you just jumped in there with that, but um, and so forth. So thank you all uh, and so forth. So y'all, please smash a like on this video. Please share on your social media. Um, ask everybody to retweet this thing um, and so forth. This is another great special, great talk. We'll have more to come in the future uh, of this, I am sure. Um, And uh, again, hopefully we'll have a great FA Cup final. Thank you very much uh, to everybody out there and so forth. If you are listening, to this on a podcast because you do not want to see my receding hairline or Josh's orange uh, shirt uh, and so forth or anything glistening off people's heads, then, um, you know, please, you know, give a five-star review and um, share it with your friends. That's going to be it for this week. We will go back to our regular feature shows at the end, starting next week. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have some gr- good reactions from everybody involved um after um this past weekend so take care everybody uh and we'll see you next week